Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, welcome to this week's Bald Head Bible Podcast. And I'd just like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please consider supporting us. Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you'll see different levels that you can support us at. It isn't much. I'm not trying to get rich off of this or anything like that, but you can support us for the mighty amount of $1 a month. $1 a month, which comes to $12 a year. And what do you get for that? Well, you get access to the Baldhead Bible Podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. It's a 10-minute show where I'll be talking about various things, and I'll probably be, number one, talking about extra content that I wasn't able to get at about the character for this week, and I'll throw in some things that I just ran out of time to talk about and wasn't able to fit in the show, or or number two, I'll be interviewing some really cool people, some theological friends I have or pastoral friends I have who can give us some insight on the book or the character we're going through that week. Or finally, I'll just interview some really cool people that are just fun to meet. Or maybe I'll just chat about stuff. But it's just for supporters of the podcast. It's going to be a 10-minute show. Our premiere episode is free. So check it out, Baldhead Bible Podcast after show waxing the dome but starting this week it's only going to be accessible to our supporters so for a dollar a month you get access to this 10 minute after show podcast which will be a lot of fun but if you want to go higher you can support us for three dollars a month and there you get the after show waxing the dome as well as a sticker We've created some Bald Head Bible merch, if you'd like to look at it that way, and I will mail you a sticker if you join for $3 per month. And our highest level is $5 a month, and there you get the Bald Head Bible podcast after show Waxing the Dome. Plus, secondly, you get a sticker. Plus, thirdly, you get the ability to download a PDF and it'll be a series of questions that you can use to think through the story in the podcast. You could use these questions as a way to have devotions with your family or use it with your Bible study group. And I'll try to throw in, if I can, a little crossword puzzle that maybe your kid and you can fill in as you listen to the podcast. So... You get that if you join at $5 per month. So think about supporting the podcast. You can support us, again, easily for $1 a month. It's called The Buzz Cut. Or you can join us at $3 a month, which is called Shaved. You're getting closer to the bald goodness. And then the highest level, $5 a month. And that's called True Baldy. 
You have reached true bald head Bible perfection. So I'd encourage you to think about it. Um, it costs me some money to put this podcast on. But of course, you don't have to join at all. And you can just listen to the main podcast, which will always be free. And I want to get the message of the Bible and the excitement of Scripture out there. So do not worry. That will always be free. But if you'd like to think about supporting us, go once again to patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible or just go to patreon.com and search baldheadbible. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Samuel was getting old. I can imagine him getting up in the morning and, oh, my bones creak. My legs hurt. My back hurts. We come to 1 Samuel chapter 8 and we meet Samuel again. And it's about, I want to say, he's 65 years old at this time. And he has been a good judge. A judge who would make that circuit from all those cities and come back to his hometown in Ramah where he would sacrifice to the Lord. But he would be gone into these cities and there he would meet people with their problems and judge and work through cases. And and he would go to the Lord, ask the Lord for wisdom to how to approach this person's problem. And he did this as a judge successfully on the circuit of cities. And he did this all his life. He was a godly man. And he pushed Israel to live for the Lord and to pursue Yahweh. And he was a good judge. But I think this morning when he got up, his servant, I think, probably told him, hey, we have a problem. Samuel's like, what? And the servant's saying, we have a problem because out there in the living room, We have all the leaders of Israel, and they are mad. And and, and I think it has to do with your sons. And I think that must have cut Samuel to the quick. And maybe he slumped back on his bed again. Samuel was heartbroken. And he probably looked at his servant and said, All right, I'll go talk to him. And he knew something bad was about to happen. You know, children are a blessing from the Lord. And they are your reward, right? But children can also break your heart. And Samuel had two boys, Joel and Abijah. And these two boys broke Samuel's heart constantly. Now, one of the problems we have is Samuel might have made a wrong decision. He was a godly man who judged Israel. But it says there in 1 Samuel chapter 8 that he appointed his two sons, Joel and Abijah, as judges. And I think right there, that was a sin. That was wrong on Samuel's part because the only person who appointed judges was God. 
Yahweh would raise up a judge to meet a particular situation, and then once that situation was met, he would sort of fade into the background. Gideon, if you remember, was offered to be the king of Israel, but he turned it down. So God raises up judges, not man. But here it says clearly that Samuel appointed his two sons to be judges, which was probably wrong in the first place. But then to just double up the problem, Joel and Abijah broke his father's heart. They broke his heart because these were men who did not follow Yahweh. These were men who pursued their own interests, their own lust, their own their own desire. It says they turned aside after profit. They wanted to make money and they turned their judgeship into just fattening themselves with extra food, with extra money. And they were corrupt judges and the people knew it. The people knew it. They took bribes. If you wanted a court case to go in your direction, well, bribe Joel, bribe Abijah, and it'll go in your direction. If you want to get land that you know you don't totally deserve, but if I take it to the judges and I give them some money, it says they took bribes and they perverted justice. These were the sons of Samuel, Joel and Abijah. Why did they not learn from their godly father, who it says judged rightly, and who helped the nation come back to the worship of Yahweh? Why did they not learn from him? I think that's important for us to remember as dads, or even as children, right? You have no guarantee that your children will walk after the Lord. Now, the thing is, Samuel, he learned from Eli, the high priest, and Eli also had rotten sons. And Eli himself started to become unjust in the ways he worked. And his heart traveled far from God. Samuel was still a follower of Yahweh. But I think when he looked at his kids, his heart must have been broken. Because they had no desire to follow the Lord. Later on, David, it says, is a man after God's own heart, but he has a son named Solomon who knew about God, and then Solomon had a son who barely knew God at all. And I think that's the problem is we sometimes as dads think our kids are just going to catch our faith. You know, hey, I'm following the Lord, and, and they'll pick up on it. No, you've got to make concerted efforts to help your children and your family understand how important it is to follow the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about how as a father, verse 7 of chapter 6, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. In other words, you have got to talk about the Lord. You've got to talk about God. You've got to put your faith in front of them continually. And I wonder if Samuel never really did that. Because remember, he would go on the circuit. His hometown was Ramah. But then he'd go to Bethel, and then Gilgal, and then Mizpah, and then he'd come back home to Ramah. It was a big circle, and I think he was gone for a lot of the year. And so who turned or invested into Joel and Abijah's life? Who invested in their lives? 
could he have brought him with him? It doesn't talk about who his wife was, but it seems like the spiritual instruction, I don't know if it was missing. Or maybe these were just rotten kids and Samuel did his best. I don't know, but I think children out there, any of you sons, you can't just expect to pick up the faith of your fathers. You may look at your dad and be impressed with how he lives for the Lord, you know, but you've got to make it intentional in your own life. You've got to own your faith. Don't rely on the faith of your parents because if you do, it's going to just vanish. You've got to own it. Do you know the Lord is your Savior? Are you pursuing him yourself? Well, Joel and Abijah did not follow God. They perverted justice. They took bribes. And the people came to Samuel in Ramah, and they had a complaint. It probably wasn't all the people. It was just the leaders who showed up. And they said, listen, Samuel, because your children don't walk in your ways, and, and also because you're old, I mean, they literally say that to him. You're old. He's probably 65, 70 at this point. And yeah, he's old. He's tired probably of being a judge of doing this all. And they said, because you're old and because your sons don't follow the Lord, we want a king. We want a king. Samuel probably sat up. And he probably thought in his heart, you have a king. What do you mean you want a king? You, you, you have a king. And then the people leaned in even further and they said, we want a king. You know, you know why? Because we want to be like all the other nations. Yes, your kids are corrupt and yes, you're old, but ultimately we want to be like all the nations. That's what it says there in verse 4. We want to be, verse 5, we want to be like all the nations. We want to be like the other nations around us. And it says this, displeased Samuel. I think it displeased Samuel because he knew they had a king. And so Samuel says, all right, wait. I'm going to go talk to God about this. So Samuel leaves. He goes and talks to Almighty God. I think that's the neat thing about Samuel. Is he's always talking to the Lord. He's praying to them. He's bringing their, their needs, their wants before the Lord. That's one of the things that Samuel does right. Before a major decision, he seeks the Lord's face and he goes and talks to God because it displeased Samuel. And I think he wants to punish the people, send retribution upon them. And he turns to the Lord and says, hey, Yahweh, what are we to do? It says he prays to the Lord and the Lord answers him. And he says, give them what they want. Obey the voice of the people and give them what they want. Because listen, Samuel, they haven't rejected you as a judge. They rejected me from being king over them. Because that's who Israel's king was. It was Yahweh. They were the only nation who had an invisible king, if you want to put it that way. They were the only nation who had 
a god as their leader, as their king. The big word is they were a theocracy. Their head was the Lord, God, Yahweh, and the rest of it, the humans that you could see, were his administration. So God is king, Yahweh is king, and Samuel is is his administrator. Joel and Abijah is part of his administration. They all work for the king. And the people should have known this because just earlier, right, the king of kings, lord of lords, Yahweh had just defeated the Philistines like that. The Israelis didn't even have to go out and fight. Their king, Yahweh, thundered down from heaven, remember, and totally routed the Philistines so that they didn't even come back for years. They could only come in and skirmish a little bit. That's how powerful their king was. And why would you want to give up on that? I think this is because, remember, the people had revival and they turned to the Lord, but now... The hearts of the people are starting to turn back again to their own selves. So Samuel goes back to the people and he says, Listen, God wants me to tell you this, that if you choose to have a king, listen, some bad things come with the king. Number one, he's going to tax you like crazy is what Samuel says ultimately. You're going to have to give up your daughters. You're going to have to give up your sons. You're going to have to give up some of your land. You're going to have to give up some of your cattle and livestock. He's going to tax you in human form. He's going to tax you to remove, again, family members. They're going to have to go out to war and fight for them and possibly die for this king. And then this king is going to take some of your land. He's going to appropriate your land. He's going to take some of your children from your families. And he is going to tax your crops. It's going to be a burden upon you. Do you really want this king? And right now you have a king who loves you and who takes care of you and goes into the battle for you and and demands none of these things but for you to worship him. Do you really want to give that all up? And the people respond basically by saying, yes, we want a king. Samuel warns against the problem a king is going to have. But the people answer, no, we want a king. And it says they refuse to obey the voice of Samuel. And it says they want to have a human king on a throne. And it says there they want to be like other nations that has a king judging them. And then this king will go before them into battle and he'll fight the battles for them. We want to be like all the other nations around us. We want a human king. Why would you want to give up the most powerful king of all kings, lord of all lords? For a human king who's going to tax you, take your daughters, take a tenth of your grain, a lot of your land, going to cause you all this trouble, why would you want to do that? And the reason why is because it says right there, because we want to be like all the other nations. We want to be like those around us. We're tired of being different. It's tough to be different, you know? 
there is a human tendency. It's called the herd instinct. We want to be like everybody else. One of the most powerful ways to persuade people is to say, everybody else is doing it. Why do you want to stand out from the crowd? Why do you want to be different? Everybody else is doing it. Just go with the flow. So you may not understand why the people want to do this, but you know what? Look at your own heart and you can understand. Because it's hard in your own life to stand up and be different, right? Hey, everybody is sleeping around before marriage. Hey, everybody is choosing to watch this movie or go to this website and you know you shouldn't do it because it breaks some scriptural commands about guarding your eyes and guarding your thoughts. But man, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else has got a girlfriend or boyfriend and you don't. You're going to look odd. And your friends don't understand, hey, I can't go to that activity. I can't do that thing. Why? Because the Bible tells me I can't do that. And they're going to accuse you of being some fuddy-duddy, some stick in the mud. Come on. It's just fun. God will understand. In fact, I know another Christian who, who does this exact same thing. And you say you can't. And they're going to persuade you. And it's going to be so hard to pull of the crowd is huge and it's difficult to stand out and it's difficult to be different but I want to encourage you if you're going to follow the Lord if you're going to follow Jesus you will be different you're going to have to swim against the flow of society and you are going to stick out but that's okay. Because we have Jesus, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we have a future with Him in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and we're going to spend eternity rejoicing with Him. And all He asks us down here while we live here in the nasty now and now is to just obey Him. To obey Him. And that's what scripture says. It is better to have a heart after God than to pursue these other things. It is better to pursue God than the world. And the world looks so appealing and it's so hard to be different. But there are stories after stories in the Bible where men and women have had to stand up to be different, to pay the price. You look at Daniel, who had to stand out from the crowd and say, I won't eat of the king's meat. I won't do it. You hear of Joseph, who could have easily slept with Potiphar's wife and would have been encouraged to do it, but he said no, and he got thrown into prison for it. And even today, you hear of Christians in other countries who have had to say, no, I'm not going to go along with the crowd. And Jesus says to only follow him. And my family is all into being a Muslim or, or following Hinduism or, or whatever other faith it happens to be. And I'm going to have to turn around and say, no, I can't pursue that faith anymore. I've got to pursue Jesus. I've got to pursue who he is. And it costs them. Their families don't understand. And sometimes a whole culture might persecute that one Christian because it's a religious state type of situation where we as a culture, we all pursue this other God. You can't on your own pursue Jesus and they get 
put in prison. They get persecuted. And some have even died for their faith. Talk about sticking out from the crowd. And here God says, hey, I want you to be my people. And I will be your king. Just follow me. This king offers to reward them with victory in battle and abundance of of grain and, and, and just all these wonderful blessings. But the pull of all the other nations to not be different. Now, it's interesting, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, Moses lays out the rules for their future king. He basically says, when you have a king, this is the requirements and rules for that king. So God knew that in the future they were going to have a king. But I think the problem here is the people were demanding it now. They were demanding it on their terms And God says, I'll give you a king, but it's got to be my man at my time. Follow me. Trust me. And the people said, we reject God. And outwardly, we're going to blame it on the fact that Sam is old and his sons are corrupt. But God knew inwardly, you're rejecting me because you want to be like everybody else. So Samuel comes back to the people and he looks at them and he says, all right, the Lord says you're going to get a king. And you know who that king is going to be? Well, Samuel doesn't know yet. And we don't know yet. Come back next time and we're going to find out who the first king over Israel is. But I just want to encourage you. The main idea this week is don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. Don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to swim against the cultural flow. Because it's better to follow the Lord. And it's better to say, I will pursue him and obey his voice. And Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do it. Don't give in to the pull of the crowd. It's so hard, but don't do it. Be faithful to Jesus. You will be so happy. Be faithful to him. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.